0: Wow, wow, wow. Want to have a moment of prayer for all the Raiders fans? Because we know they need it. <laughs> Just kidding. Sorry, not sorry, no. Well, hey, man, it's an honor to be here. Uh, my name's Jason, and this morning I have the privilege of obviously being here. I want to show honor to Pastor Randy and Cherie, the greatest pastors in the world. Come on, somebody. Um, Truly an honor to be here this morning. I got to bring my beautiful wife, my son, Braylon, and you know, uh, I, normally, I normally say that she's smoking hot, but she said, babe, when you go up there, just let him know I'm elegant. You know, I'm pretty and I'm sweet. And I said, I don't wanna lie. No, come on, somebody. She, no, she really is, man. She's the closest thing to Proverbs 31. And while Nava's busy dressing up his wife, I'll just undress mine, so it'll be good. It'll be good, later. Hallelujah. Sorry, Nava said sorry. Got away with it, so I thought I could do the same. So, <laughs> Amen. Well, hey, listen, man. We've been uh, in a series with you. We've been tracking together with you, and uh, in celebration, Salinas. And um, how many of you know God gave a word to uh, to this movement, to this church? Uh, make no little plans here. That our God is a big God. He has big things, great things ahead of us. That we have marching. Orders To make no little plans. Believe God for great things. Believe God for big things. Isaiah 49. Isaiah 49. I'm I'm sure they can put that up. But Isaiah 49. uh, Let me make sure I got it here. Isaiah 49. They have. There we go. Uh, And now says the Lord who formed me from the womb and to his servant to bring Jacob back to him that Israel might be gathered to him. Next verse. For I am honored in the sight of the Lord and my God, my strength, he says. It is too small of a thing. It is too small of a thing that you should just be my servant to Israel. He says, I wanna raise up tribes of Jacob to restore the protected ones of Israel. He says, hey, it's not just enough to do it in Israel. Take this thing global. I have bigger things for you. I have greater things for you. There are greater things ahead of you. The Bible said, come on, does anybody believe that the, listen, the Bible says the latter rain is greater than the former rain. Okay. So so the greatest move of God is still coming. God says, I've got greater things ahead of you. And so this is this is absolutely huge. God looks over our lives and said, it's too small of a thing. God says, I have bigger things for you. Bigger things for your family, bigger things for your finances, bigger things for your future, but you have to believe. Bigger, right? And this is, this is why Pastor Randy's been taking time. And, and the Bible says, prepare today for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. There's certain preparations that we've had to make uh, as a people. And uh, that's why, right? That's why the word of God is our priority. We're preparing our priority. Pastor Randy spent several weeks on that. So we're doing that together. This is why we've taken our position against Fear, that we're not going to allow fear to come in and push us back. We're going to continue to move forward. This is why we are fully surrendered to God. Come on, somebody. That's why we're fully surrendered to God, so that he can do everything that he wants to do. And This is why we pursue God with passion. Why? Because we know God has greater things. Make no little plan. Is there anybody believing for some bigger things in here? Okay. So with that being said, You can turn your Bible, 2 Kings chapter 6, 2 Kings chapter 6, and uh, we're going to read verses 1 through 6, and, or excuse me, 1 through 7, and uh, right before we do, um, the title of this morning's message is, He's About to Step In. He's About to Step In. Now, I grew up late 80s, early 90s, and uh, back in the day, there was, um, there was this, this phenomenon kind of sweeping the nation and it was called the wwf it was the world wrestling federation and uh now i haven't been a fan of wrestling in about 20 years because i'm a grown-up but anyway no so so if that's you it's all good uh but but when i was you know eight nine ten years old there was this phenomenon sweeping the nation called the WWF and hulkamania right Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior and Andre the Giant and Macho Man Randy Savage and The Undertaker and all these, you know, wrestling. And uh, I remember they used to have tag team matches. Tag team back again in it to win it. So let it begin. Yeah. Woo! All right. So I just had to take y'all back to the 90s for a second. Um, but they had these tag team matches. And I remember that that Hulk Hogan and Macho Man were, they were the mega powers back in the day. And, and they used to have these tag team matches. I was a little kid, you know, I'm 10, 11 years old. So I I didn't know that the, I didn't know that the outcome was predetermined. And so it looked like they were losing man. Hulk Hogan was bleeding. He was, he was my guy. Right. And then, and then Macho Man was, was, was just getting beat up all over the ring. And the match had been going on for like 20 minutes. I'm like, Oh my God, they're going to lose. They're going to lose the belt. I was like literally almost in tears. And I didn't realize that, 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 that you know, it had been predetermined. So, so here's the thing, though. In these matches, right, it could totally look like they're, they're going to lose. This is over. It's going downhill. This is going nowhere fast. But then he would just barely, barely find the energy and the strength to, to tag, tag, his, his, tag his tag team partner. And then he, the tag team partner would step in and the whole match would completely flip it would completely flip. They would win the victory and hold the belt over their head. And I just came to tell somebody, I don't know where you are in life, but if it looks like it's been difficult, if it looks like the finances haven't turned around, if it looks like your family's still going crazy, if your wife still can't cook, if there's serious situations still going on in your life, I got good news for you. You have a tag team partner and his name is Jesus. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I came to tell somebody, he's getting ready to step in to your situation this is the thing that when Jesus steps in your situation it becomes unrecognizable right and so so let's look at this now let's 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 look at this 2nd Kings chapter 6 and we're gonna read verses 1 through 7 and the sons of the prophets said to Elisha because we're talking about making no little plans here See, now the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. When pressure comes for you to stay small, it's a sure sign God wants to make you greater. Somebody needs to hear that. If the pressure comes against you to stay small, no, don't give that. Don't give that amount. Don't do don't, don't serve. Don't pray like that. Don't really go all in and believing this stuff. If the pressure comes, no, no, don't believe for that house. Don't believe for your whole family to get saved. Don't lay hands on your kid and believe that they're going to. Don't go crazy. If the pressure comes for you to stay small, it's a sure sign. Listen, that enlargement is in your future. Right, this place where we dwell with you is too small us please let us go up to the jordan and every every man somebody say every man every man man take a beam from there and let him make up let us make a place somebody say a place let us build god a house hello legacy this place is too small for us everybody gotta go down get busy doing something so we can build god a greater place I gotta preach for just a minute. I don't know if you know it, but you're in a great place. You're in a place where the glory of God comes down, sickness leaves, people get saved, marriages are restored, Jesus is king. Come on, does anybody believe that Jesus is our soon and coming king? You are in a great place, but the, I'm telling you, here's what God is saying this is too small for us. This place is too small. For us, please let us go and make a place. Then one said, Please consent to go now with us. And he answered, He said, I will go. So he sent them and they went and they came to the Jordan and they cut down trees. But as one of them was cutting down a tree, an iron axe head fell into the water. And he cried out and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. So the man of God said, Where did it fall? Many times we want God to take care of the issue, but many times God will say, where'd you lose it? Because if you can identify where you lost it, God can help you identify how to get it back. Okay. So, So the man of God said, where did it fall? He showed him the place. So he cut off a branch. He cut off a branch and threw the branch in the water through the branch in the the water, and it made the iron axe head float. This is miraculous. How many of you know iron doesn't swim? One translation said the iron axe head swam like a fish. Okay? Because God can make things do... God can make things do stuff that it's not naturally intended to do. Okay? God can change situations. So let me not get caught up. Somebody say, keep it moving. Therefore he, therefore, he said, pick it up for yourself, and he reached in, and he took it. Now, here we go, okay? Um, they, they heard, they knew this place is too small for us, so they began to prepare for a better tomorrow. Hello, legacy. They began to build a God a bigger place. They began to prioritize God's house. They began to prioritize God's kingdom over their own, and they got after it. They began to prepare for a better tomorrow, just like we are in this legacy campaign. Here, This this is the awesome part, right? Every man carried something. Every man did something. There was nobody that was on the sideline watching it happen. Everybody was doing something because they knew it was important enough for all of us to be a part of this. And I believe we're better together. Come on somebody. Okay. And so every man carried something. The question is not, can God build something greater here? The question is, can you carry weight? Come on, don't sleep on me. I'm coming this morning. The question is not, can God build something greater here? God is building something great, and it's going to get greater and greater. The, 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 The best wine is safe for last. The latter house is greater than the former. Do you know the Bible says your blessed days and best days are still ahead of you? The question is not, can God build something greater here? The question is, can you carry weight? Write this down if you're taking notes. Because if we're willing to carry weight, God can build something great. If we're willing to carry weight, then God can build something great. This is why we tithe. Come on, church. Talk to me up here. This is why we tithe. Why? Because I'm carrying weight. This is why we serve. Why? Because I'm carrying weight. This is why I pray. This is why I give to legacy. Because if I'm willing to carry weight, God can build something great. (laughs) Write this down if you're taking notes. Greatness is not weightless. A lot of people want greatness, but they don't want to carry any weight. I've never seen greatness show up out of people not willing to carry weight. Cause if you're not willing to humble yourself and do what the Bible says to do, the Bible says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear them from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. If we do our, if God can do his, then. Greatness is not weightless. Everybody's got to be willing to do something. Here's the thing. If a thousand people gave a thousand dollars over the next year, that would be a million. Uh Oh, come on. Don't get quiet on me. I'll go further. Because I don't believe it'd be any sweat for a thousand people to give a thousand dollars. And I believe there's people that are going to give more. And by the way, we're praying that God brings it in and brings it in through you. So if you're willing to give it, you better get ready for increase to come to your house. Greatness is not weightless. Write this down. The weight that you carry to build the kingdom of God allows the greatness of God into your life. This is revelation. Don't miss this. Every great man and woman of God that I know, every great businessman, millionaire that I know that lives in the kingdom, they have found out that when they carry weight for the kingdom, God carries weight for them. Okay? Carrying weight in the kingdom. Come on, don't, don't miss this. Carrying weight. This is why the devil doesn't want you to give, doesn't want you to pray, doesn't want you reading your Bible, doesn't want you serving in your local church, serving in the movement, because he knows if they start carrying weight for the kingdom, God's greatness is going to come into their life. <laughs> I'm going to go further since it's so quiet. I think you guys are enjoying this. Okay, The Bible says, humble yourself under, under the mighty hand of God. We all love to come to church and get our blessing, but you really can't come to church and get your blessing that goes home with you unless you're willing to carry some of the weight. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you. Come on, somebody. That he, in other words, greatness comes into my life. Woo. God takes faithful people and brings greatness into their life. I love when I see multi-millionaires behind a camera. Is anyone going to talk to me? I love when I see businessmen that are running corporations and they're here serving somebody, ushering, because they have found out that a humble heart is one that God can promote. Woo, write this down. Carrying weight in the kingdom lightens your load. Come on, who's going to talk to me now? Carrying weight in the kingdom does not add to your load. It lightens your load. But hear me, you're going to carry weight one way or the other. You're either going to carry weight in the kingdom or you're going to carry the weight of the world. The weight of the world will crush you. The weight of the kingdom will elevate you. I just heard the Lord say, you know people how they train with weights on their ankles. They train with weights so they get stronger. Quit trying to run from the weight. Quit trying to run from the work. Because if you'll start carrying weight in the kingdom, your load's about to get lighter and lighter and lighter. Am I talking to anybody in the house that can testify that when you put God first, he will bless your life? Shoo. How can I carry weight in the kingdom and my load get lighter? I don't know, but how do you feed 15,000 people with five loaves and two fish? I don't know all the details, but I do know that it works. I do know that seeking ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things. If we could get people to stop chasing things. And start chasing God God will programs this stuff to follow after you I need about a hundred people in here to help me to say that when you put God first God can make things happen for your family that you could never do on your own come on take about three seconds and give him your best praise right here Come on, praise him because you're not where you used to be. Praise him because you're headed to a brighter future. Praise him because no weapon formed against you is going to be able to prosper. Somebody shout yeah. Come on, I feel some faith rising in the room. Don't you let the devil talk you out of your blessing. Don't you dare stand up. Don't you dare stand back of this legacy project. You better get in. You better get involved because God wants to lift you up. You know what God wants? You know what God does when he wants to promote you? Puts an enemy in front of you. I don't, I'm not saying I enjoy it. Some of you all yes, my wife. He really did. He put her, put her in front of me. Maybe I shouldn't say God puts an enemy in front of you, but God, when he wants to take you higher, when those enemies come against you, he will help you overcome until your enemies be made your footstool. So if you got an enemy, is there anybody in here facing an enemy right now? Let me see your hand if you're facing an enemy right now. That is the devil. That is the devil getting you a prophetic picture cuz he's so stupid. You're about to step up and go higher. Your marriage is about to go higher. Your money's about to- Yeah. Is this all right? Some of the wives are like I knew you were going to make me go higher. You're good for something. Hallelujah. Couldn't control nothing if you didn't control the TV remote. But praise the Lord, Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Come on, you guys, getting something out of this so far? <laughs> um, the Bible says they were chopping. They were chopping. Um, there's no way. There's no way I'm gonna get anywhere near. But however that falls, that falls. But I do believe that God's speaking to some people. And I do believe that, come on, I got two more things I want to say, but more than that, I believe God has, God has some things he wants to impart. Come on, look up at me. God can put stuff in you during a service that will put you over in three months when the challenge comes. Or God will put stuff in you in a service like this through impartation. So that when doors of opportunity open up, and there's a door of increase over here, and there's a door of greater increase over here. And God says, don't take that one, take that one. You'll have faith to not take that one that looks better. You'll take the one that is better. I just heard the Lord say, if you'll let him, he'll keep you from ruining your life. You know how the enemy tries to come and jack up your life? He doesn't show up in a devil costume. He shows up with long legs, a skinny waist, and you know the rest. He shows up with an opportunity for you to blow it. But impartation can come into you. Come on, somebody. The Bible says, David said, I have hid your word in my heart that I might not sin against Come on, somebody say, it's in me. All right, I got I to gotta go. Somebody say, let's go. Okay. In order, they were chopping things down, chopping these trees down to build God a greater place. And here's what God said to me. He said, in order for new things, in order for greater things to be built, some things have to be cut down. I just heard the Lord say, the devil will try to discourage you over what's falling down. But it's only because he's going to build and something greater is about to be resurrected. Something greater is going up. Hallelujah. Don't trip out over the stuff that's falling down. That stuff that's falling down had to fall down so that what God wants to put in you and do through you could be built up. Okay. Hallelujah. 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 Old things coming down. Old things coming down. So new things can go up. I just heard the Lord, I'm telling you, celebration, you may not know it, but we're entering a season of possession. We're going to cross over some things, and then we're going to possess some things. Whew. Man, man, man. Okay, okay so let me, let, me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. As I kind of begin to bring this to a close, I'm lying. All right, I'm lying. He lost the accent. Building God something, building for God, serving God, doing something good for God. And yet he lost something very valuable. He lost the thing that was empowering him to be successful. Is anyone going to talk to me in here? He lost the thing that was helping him get the job down. Have you ever felt like something very valuable just slipped through your fingers? He lost it. He lost, you could say he lost his edge. Let me ask, have you ever felt like you lost your edge? There's been times in my life where I've lost my edge. One thing we don't need to do in church is lie. like a lot of ladies do on their license and their weight, hallelujah, but it's good. Just thought I'd lighten the load a little bit. No pun intended, lighten the load, so. (laughs) That's good. Have you ever felt like you lost your edge? Yeah, let me ask you this. Lost your edge in your walk with God? lost your edge in your career and your drive for life lost your edge in a relationship what used to work doesn't seem to be working anymore in fact I just seem to be dull huh? that's why some of the people in here shouting annoy you get annoyed at people that shout when I'm excited myself when I got a full heart of expectation when I believe that my tomorrows are better than my today I'm not going to let somebody else get on my nerves I'm going to stand up and shout and believe that my best is yet to come if you believe it, take about 5 seconds and shout under cover. I said, come on, celebration, we're going on to bigger things, we're going on to better things. So we're like, somebody calm the white boy down. It's not the football game yet. You ever felt <laughs> Starts to get fun. When you start all of a sudden sitting there in your seat, begin to realize if it had not been for the Lord that was on my side, where would I be? I just, ah, am I talking to anybody in here who has seen Jesus do miracles? Who has seen? Someone say, turn around. I don't know if I can get there, but I was going to get there. We'll see what happens. Have you, have you ever just felt like you lost your edge? Did disappointment cause you to lose your edge? Did discouragement cause you to lose your edge? Did failure cause you to lose your edge? Because I think if we're honest, we've all been there, lost our edge. And, right? So, what do you do, right? Maybe betrayal caused you to lose your edge, maybe rejection caused you to lose edge. You could say, not only did he lose his edge, he lost his ability to cut things down. Everybody else is cutting things down and building something greater. And here this guy is, he lost his edge. He can't cut anything down. And it feels like everybody else is moving ahead in life. Moving ahead in their call and their purpose and passion for God. And here he is with no edge. Is anyone going to listen to me? Here he is with no edge. Right? He could swing the axe all day as much as he wanted, but nothing was falling down. You may feel like you've been swinging, but nothing's falling down. Anger's not falling down. The financial trouble's not falling down. Depression doesn't be, seem to be falling down. You're swinging, You're going through the motions but it doesn't seem to be falling down. The good news is that you can get your edge back. (laughs) The good news is that you can get your edge back. The Bible says that when the man of God cut down a branch and threw the branch into the water, He threw the branch into the situation that had lost its edge. And if you know anything about scripture, you know that the Bible says that Jesus is the branch. Jesus is, the Bible says that he's the root out of the stem of Jesse, the branch that would come out of his, uh, of his, of his roots. And so Jesus is the branch. So Jesus is a type and a shadow of the branch that when you throw, when he threw the branch in there, really Jesus touched that water. And the Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So Jesus is the word. So you could say when the word, when a word from God hits a situation that has lost its edge, the edge can come back and I came with a word from God for you this morning and declare that if you have lost your edge you're about to get your edge back I'm gonna get your edge back in prayer come on somebody believe with me I'm gonna get your edge back in believing God for greater things Come on, some of you are going to dream again. Come on, somebody. Some of you are going to begin to walk, wake up in the morning with passion for life. Depression's no longer going to have a place in your life. Discouragement and addiction are going to fall by the wayside because you're about to get your edge back. I heard the Lord say some of you are going to swing and be surprised when it falls. Ah! I said some of you are going to swing your axe again and you're going to be surprised because fear's about to fall. Depression's about to... Am I talking to anybody who believes that whatever's been standing for too long is about to come crashing down? You're going to pray again, but this time it's going to happen." I heard the Lord say, "Don't expect uh, maybe my Lord, how do I say that? Because there was a season of my life, it seemed like everything my wife and I touched worked. Thousands of students showing up. Hundreds of students showing up every single week. Revival happening. Students getting saved, filled with the Holy Spirit all the time. God doing miracles. People throwing bongs down and marijuana down and drugs down and coming out of promiscuity. God setting people free. 10, 12 years, just boom, 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 just, just... Happening, God doing amazing things, and then we went through some hell, y'all. And if I'm real, I lost my edge. And we're real good at looking like we have our edge, but inside we know we've lost it. And there's a difference between pretending and believing, and unfortunately. I'm just, a, I'm maybe not, not, not completely, I mean, but I'm somewhat genetically, I mean, really can't be, but just flow with me on this, okay? Just genetically unmodified, okay? Just, I'm just going to try to be real with you because I'm telling you, I got to a place where, my God, if there's an edge, I can't see it. I don't feel it. It's not working. I'm swinging, but no, nothing, is anyone going to help me in here? I'm swinging, but nothing is Falling. And when you come out of a 10, 12 year season where you swing and it happens, these signs shall follow them that believe. And I want to tell you, sometimes it's that you need to get your edge back, but other times it's not that it's not working, it's that the devil's trying to get you to think that it doesn't work. So, God began to kind of bring me out of that. And over a year, two years, all of a sudden, I began to notice that fell. Don't, don't, devil, don't make the mistake. Come on, somebody. You messed with the wrong one. Come on, somebody. Don't, Don't make the mistake of letting me see something. I just heard the Lord say, that's why the devil will fight the first one the hardest. He's fighting the first million the hardest, but when the first million comes in, the rest will come in. Whoa! I don't know if I'm talking to anybody fighting a battle in here, but I came to tell you: the battle is not yours. The battle belongs to the Lord. We're about to see victory in the house. Somebody shout yeah. I have somebody here say, because I know, you know, I know. When I come up in here, you're like, oh, God, I don't know if I have the energy for this. Hallelujah. I get it. I don't preach like this every week at my church. In fact, I came in here with so much stuff. I'm like, God, I was like underweight. How am I going to get through this? I'm just like, oh, my God. And I thought, I'm just going to come in here and teach because y'all don't think I can. Watch me. You don't know me. No, come on. somebody. (laughs) <laughs> right so, so I get that and I fight that I fight that because some people only get to see one side of me don't you let the devil make you feel like you're small just because some people haven't seen all the sides to you Woo! I came to tell you, there's more to you than failure. There's more to you than defeat. There's more to you than addiction. I came to tell you, you're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. Somebody ought to help me up in here. you're not a failure, you're anointed by God, you are chosen by God, the Bible says that before you were in your mother's womb, God knew you, anointed you, set you apart, you're not going to fail, you're not going to go under, you're about to go over, hallelujah. Come on, I don't care how long it's taken, the battle's not over, if it's not good, God's not done. Come on, take a praise break right there. Somebody ought to just take a break. Pr- Let everything that has breath. Huh? Let everything that has breath. Even on days when your breath stinks. Come on, somebody. is. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say tic-tac. No, I'm just playing. Come on. Can I get just crazy for a second here some of you <laughs> some of you need to get involved do what you're supposed to do you need to become a tither you need to become a giver you need to start carrying weight because up until now Budweiser is not sponsoring this service wouldn't that be a trip I should say yet Wouldn't that be a trip? This service today is presented to you by Budweiser. You think I'm crazy, but the Bible says the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the just. I believe there's going to be a day when corporations say, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm about to give some facilities to you. I'm about to give you some land. Are there any crazy people in the house of God today that can believe? hey man I know a preacher that on his way to his office every day he would pass a brewery big brewery that made beer you know that's what that does okay <laughs> just need to make that clear for you some of you are going to a brewery after church all right so it's, we're gonna pray for you okay <laughs> it says don't get drunk okay whatever whatever <laughs> Let me take advantage of every bit of room. Okay, I'm just sorry. So, so anyway, he drove by, he drove by the brewery every single day on his way to the office. And he got a revelation of that verse that says, The wealth of the wicked stored up for the just. So he'd roll down his window, and while he's driving by, he's like, The wealth of the wicked is stored up for the just. That's me. And he did it for year after year after year. And one day he came into his office. And his secretary said, you'll never believe what happened. He said, try me. He said, the brewery down the street just gave you a huge check. They said, we don't know why we're doing it, but we got to do it. We got to get it away for what, what do you call tax purposes. So here you go. The wealth of the wicked is stored up for the just. Somebody ought to believe God for some bigger stuff. Haha.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I'm telling you, God spoke to me some stuff. I'm not even sure I can release it right now, but that's good. It's good. It's good. Right? Come on, you guys getting some stuff? Okay. All right. Okay, I got to say this. I got to say this. He got his edge back. But before he got his edge back, he lost something that he could not recover. He lost something that he could not recover. And let me say this, what do you? What happens when you're building something for God, when you're a part of something like celebration and legacy and believing God for greater things? And you're building and you're carrying weight and you're believing God, what happens when you're doing it and you lose something? You lose something precious, something valuable. This is where this man was. He, he lost something that he could not recover. He couldn't recover the ax head And it was borrowed. But because he was building something for God, what he couldn't recover, God restored. I got to say this for a minute. I got to say this for a minute. Come on, stick with me for five more minutes. You guys okay? Woo! Restoration is God's answer for things you can't recover. I have found that many times when we lose something, if we're not careful, we spend our entire life trying to recover it. And, and there's some things that are very obvious that we can't recover, but yet, even though we know we can't recover that or the thing or the person, we're trying to recover wh- the way we felt in our experience when that thing or that person was in our lives. Is this okay? And if we're not careful, we spend our whole lives trying to recover what's been lost. And God, God sends restoration. In other words, you, you can't recover the bad investment. You can't recover the house you should have bought at this particular time. You can't recover the thing that you should have done if you would have known the market was going to do this or that. You can't recover maybe the person or the relationship. So you can't, and if you're not careful, you'll keep searching for it, trying to recover it, instead of letting God restore it. Restoration is God's answer for things you can't recover. And here's what God said to me. He says, as we step out in this legacy project as we begin to build for a better tomorrow, people who have lost precious things, valuable things, significant things, are going to begin to see restoration in their life. (laughs) The Bible says that... Said that there's years been lost. There's, you know, the Bible says that he, everything the cankerworm, the palmerworm, the locust has eaten, devoured, and even years that have been lost. Someone needs to hear me. Even years that have been lost. God says, if you'll let me, I can restore everything that's been taken, lost, or forfeited.
1: <laughs>
0: Hallelujah. Somebody say yes. Okay. Um, I don't think I have time to, to move any further, but let me just kind of close it with this. Yesterday as I was preparing, maybe the team can come back, that'd be amazing. <clears throat> Yesterday as I was preparing, uh, it's, it's kind of peculiar the way God does this sometimes. <clears throat> I was just sitting, just kind of sitting, had some worship on, I was just sitting there. And um, all of a sudden, God began to speak to me very clearly. And um, he said, he said, there are people, again, and we kind of dealt with this in in the beginning, but I really feel like God just wants to release this, that there are people dealing with situations. Somebody say situations. And, uh, wow. Situations... uh, there have been a few times, in fact, walking into that hospital room that I talked to you about earlier was a situation. How many of you know there's situations you walk into unless God intervenes, it's not, it, not going to be good? Can anybody know what I'm talking about? And, uh, and so wh- whether it's a situation that's dire like that or it's a, it's a long, oh yeah, it's a long-standing situation. I just heard the Lord say that there are people facing situations. I know even we're facing a couple of situations in Salinas. I know that obviously we're, 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 we're moving into this new season. It's uncharted territory. So we're, we're up against some things. And God began to, God began to let me know in, in no uncertain terms that he is not moved by our situation. Okay? Now, now catch this. Catch this foundation before, I, before I, I give you what God said to me. The situation... There have been so many times when I, I go to God, and I say, God, this situation's trying to move me. How I many of you know we're supposed to speak to mountains? But there's sometimes when the mountain tries to move you. And I've gone to, I've gone to the Lord and said, God, this, this situation's trying to move me. And so many times, He'll say, just come up right." Here. Sorry, sorry, my bad. So many times he'll come and he'll say, just come up right here. Because even if you're moved, I'm not. Okay? How many of you have ever gone to the Lord and you're tempted to be moved? And by the time you leave his presence, there's a stability that is returned to you. Okay? Here's what he said. He said, These situations that are significant doesn't have to be dire doesn't have to be horrible but challenging significant situations or things that are too big it seems almost for you to believe look up at me church there's a difference between saying you're believing and really believing look up at me I encourage you don't believe for stuff that you really can't believe for is this all right God would rather that you believe because you have real heart faith. You have real faith. Okay. Say you, say you need a house, but you're just starting this thing. and so, But you have this $10,000 bill. Some of you might be a $500 thing. Wherever your faith is, but if there's true faith and you believe for it, you're going to see it show up. If you try to believe for something you don't have faith for, you're going to be disappointed. That's why you need to come in church because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's why you need to be listening and making the word of God your priority. Somebody ought to help me in here. Because the enemy is trying to take faith out of you. I have literally watched social media clips. Isn't it crazy how they put clips on there and some of them you like and some of them just tick you off? Come on, somebody. Anybody? Right. And, and I'll, I'll do that, and, and all of a sudden, I'll, I'll, I'll come away from that, and I feel depleted. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Because the enemy has designed media. Now, I'm not saying it's all bad. Use it. Leverage it for the kingdom. Use it for what's good, for what's good, wholesome, funny, whatever. But if it starts taking faith out of you, that's when it's time to get away from it. And so, so I want to encourage you. Listen, man. Don't try to fake it. Believe for what you know is in your heart. And then you'll see results. And once you believe for that, there'll be faith in your heart to believe for something bigger. Okay, I'm almost done. So God spoke to me and he said these situations. And here's what he said to me. These challenging, daunting, big situations. He said, Jason, he said, I can turn it on a dime. He said, I can turn it on a dime. He said, the size of the situation doesn't move me. He says, and here's what he said, and I'm just coming out of my spirit. I have it written down, but it's coming out of my spirit. He said, and it won't take me long. Here's what he said. Situations that took 10 years or decades to create. He said, I can turn it on a dime. He said, hopeless situations, I can turn it on a dime. Difficult situations, I can turn it on a dime physical situations, I can turn it on. I've heard the phrase, turn it on a dime. But I looked it up because God spoke to us. I need to look this up. And it says a sudden change in a situation, a sudden change in direction or, or situation. And I'm telling you, whatever it is you're believing for, Whatever it is you're up against, God's about to turn it on a dime. Hallelujah. Some of you, my, back in the day I would have asked everybody to take out a dime. But nobody has change anymore, right? So some of you, it may not be all of you, but I, just, I felt impressed by the Lord. Some of you might want to get a dime, carry it in your pocket whatever situation you might be facing. Because how many of you know God doesn't waste his breath? If he releases a word, he intends to make it good. Hallelujah. Some of you might want to get a dime, put it in your pocket. Others of you might want to take a picture of a dime that you have at your house, or however you want it, get it on your phone. Get it somewhere you can look at it. And every time you see the dime, say, Father, I thank you that you turned my situation on a dime. You turn my situation around for my good and for your glory. So come on, just lift your hands all over the world. So Father in faith, I declare situations are turning on a dime for their good, for your people's good, and for your glory. In the name of Jesus, you're... I heard him say, I'm working behind the scenes and situations are going to turn, turn around, turn around, turn around in the name of Jesus. I just hear the Lord say, he turned my morning into dancing. He turned my morning into dancing. So we declare in the name of Jesus. Man, I feel the anointing. Come on, take a second right here. Tom, if you've got something right here, hallelujah, just keep your hands lifted. Let's just take this moment. Turning the situations around. Turning. Come on, begin to picture the situation. You and the Lord, whatever mountain you're facing, whatever situation you're facing, begin to picture it. I'm going to do it as well right here. Begin to picture that whole situation turning around for your good. God's going to turn it on a dime. In Jesus'
1: name. You're worthy of it all. you it all for from you are all things until you are all things you deserve the glory You deserve the glory. Come on, one more you time. are worthy. Yes, you are worthy of it all. Yes, you are. You are worthy of it all. For from you, for from you are all things. And see. you deserve the glory You
0: the throne, turning, turning, turning. And as they turn, they see a new facet of who he is. Whew. I hear the Lord say, you're about to find out that I am the God of the turnaround. Wow. God, I feel that some of you that have never seen him turn it around or haven't seen him turn it around in a while says, get ready. The God of the turnaround. Is about to be introduced to you and your situation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, a couple things right before I get out of the way. There's a I believe there's a young man or young woman here where your mother is dealing with physical infirmity or sickness. God, I feel the anointing, man. If that's you, if you're young man or a woman and your mother is dealing with physical sickness or infirmity just lift your hand (sighs) Jesus Jesus so right now come on church help me pray right now we release the word of almighty God your word says that you sent your word Psalm 107 verse 20 says you sent your word and healed them and delivered them of their destruction. So right now we send the word of Almighty God, the healing word of Almighty God, into every every young person's mother that just raised their hand. We declare, be healed in the name of Jesus. Healing come to their bodies in the name of Jesus, to their circulatory system, to every organ, to every bone, to every joint, to every cell, every part of their body. Be healed. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, come on! If you believe that, somebody say Amen. Um, Pastor Randy, I I, uh, I felt like the Lord said that that there were anointings. That were going to be activated in you and even some that are going to be reactivated there were some that will be familiar and then there'll be some that are fresh but i heard the lord say furnished for this season to see overwhelming victory in jesus name in jesus name hallelujah Hallelujah. And one of those anointings draws things to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, man. Let me just take a minute. be in a space or live in a space where it's not furnished it's hard to live every day when it's not furnished but the Lord said familiar things and fresh things are being furnished hallelujah being released being activated things being released and it will draw things to you hallelujah thank you Lord thank you Jesus and so Father we give you praise and we give you glory
1: thanks for listening if this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus